WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. How do you prepare for death? If the multiverse theory is correct, what is it that mediums are actually experiencing? Can a car be haunted? You can ask that to Herbie. Hello there, and welcome to the 350th broadcast of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. And those varied questions came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So today we start climbing our mountain of emails once again and look at some of the uh, weirdest paranormal news uh, to come our way lately. 350th broadcast. Look at that. We're getting old, then. Oh, indeed. All right, so let's get right to it. <clears throat> what do we got here? This is a rather rather poignant one we received recently. It's from Jack in Bremerton, Washington. And hold on to your seats, folks. Okie dokie. So Jack writes, I have uh, terminal cancer, and they say I have about three months to live. I belong to a church, and the priest has uh, been very faithful in visiting and advising me. But frankly, I get more comfort from listening to you guys than I ever get from him. Uh, I find the whole multiverse idea, if you use it right, much more sensible. Uh, please give me some advice as my translation approaches. Okay, well, I like that word, uh, Jack, a translation. That That's the word we use. It's a very ancient theological term. Uh, the Greeks kind of used it, and it means, of course, translating from one life to another. Because uh, as we began, as I began my work 42 years ago in the paranormal, I immediately, I sort of assumed uh, that uh, we were dealing with the usual spiritualist stuff. I was in the seminary at the time studying for the priesthood, and that that eventually, uh, the paranormal work eventually got me thrown out about a year before ordination, but nevertheless, I got uh, the experience and opinions of many, many people in that that realm as well. So, when I first began to investigate cases, it, it, it became very clear that from the outset that this was a lo- had a lot more to do with life than, than death. As a matter of fact, I have in all those years found no evidence whatsoever that death even exists. I don't even believe in the thing, frankly. The only evidence you see of that is when you go to a funeral or something, but that's like walking along the ground in the fall and, and, and looking at a leaf that's fallen off a tree, the tree is fine. That that's that's you. The whole the whole structure of the tree is you. Life is you. And the thing to remember, I think, Jack, too, is when we are preparing for what we refer to as so so, so uh, inadequately as as bodily death, we are never here entirely in the first place. The whole thing of, of the self and the, the self-contained being, the self-contained body and soul, I mean, that, that's, that's essentially an illusion. Many physicists have begun to talk about that as well, and they have, uh, particularly uh, uh, several I'm thinking of, have, have mentioned that, that death is, that I should say, the individual, the sense of self is an illusion. It's a sense of self-reference, just so you, so you, you know, relate to other people and that sort of thing. The life is shared. The life never ends. The life goes on. And as a matter of fact, it keeps growing. Um, so, again, you are not you. You are much, much more than that. This, this life spreads out in a great consciousness wave that goes way beyond your body. 
And uh, Ben, uh, what, you often have wise things to say about this as well. So, um, what what insights would you give to Jack other than the fact that don't don't be fooled? Uh, well, don't be afraid of it either, because it's something that naturally happens. And also, the multiverse is natural. So, if as you so uh, poignantly pointed out, if if the multiverse is used correctly. It it is much more sensible, and it's not a whole. It's not a black and white area, like some people would have you believe. It's a very, you make your own bed, as we like to say, and if you make a bed that is comfortable, then that is a comfortable bed for you. Oh God, it's not like Michael Scott from The Office. <laughs> you know, I. Well, no, it's, it's what you mean. You know, just, no, you it's it's a hard it's a hard concept to put into use, but. I wouldn't, if I was you, I wouldn't draw, or I wouldn't look into it so much and just sort of accept it for what it is and that you're just going to be translated somewhere else, perhaps. And yeah, it, I agree. Yeah. And you may just forget about the whole thing. You'll just move on somewhere else. Maybe you'll still have your family. Maybe you won't. Or maybe it'll be your family, but just different people because we are all the same person in one larger consciousness, so to speak. And it is – it's hard to come up with insightful things, especially when you say everything before I do. <laughs> no, it's, it's, not, it's not your fault. It's, well, there are a couple of these that are for you, so you can get the answer. Oh, good. Well, that's basically it. I mean it's just trying not to draw too much uh, – read too much into it. I would say draw into it. That doesn't make much sense. But try, don't read too much into it and just sort of accept it for what it is. It's kind of simple. Uh, bodily death is more of a minor inconvenience – in the, the scope of the whole tapestry of our lives than it is any kind of ending or beginning. I think very often of the case I have mentioned a lot on the air lately of actually witnessing someone who apparently had been uh, in perhaps in, in a plane crash. He mentioned when we first began our conversation, and this is in um, – an attic in Yonkers, New York, many years ago, and he he wasn't there. He was his consciousness was in some church in Virginia. It was quite a remarkable experience for both of us, I guess. He was afraid of me at first. He thought I was a ghost because he could see me by a pillar of the church uh, as a misty form from which a voice was coming. That was just me sitting in this attic. I mean, time and space doesn't mean anything here in the multiverse. So again, to make a long story short, or most of the listeners have heard it before. Uh, th- th- as we talked, this man's memory changed into the life to which his, apparently, uh, if, if he'd suffered a bodily death in, in any area of the multiverse, the consciousness just sh- shifts to where it already is in the subconscious of that life to a new consciousness, which is already there and already going on. You might not even notice the transition. Uh, you might have a funny dream and, uh, or, or, or an odd kind of feeling as you're going through your day somewhere or somewhere else. and uh, Or you, you might be, maybe the reincarnation has several point. Maybe occasionally you are reborn or, or you come to the moment of birth and consciousness shifts to that. So it's really quite elegant and quite simple. Uh, but again, you make your own bed, as, bed, as Ben <laughs> said. Bed. Oh, dear. And uh, what that means is, of course, uh, if you have a positive life-filled attitude and, and you you go through life and realizing that it's not about you, it's about all of us together and about other people. And you bring a smile to someone's face every day or, you you know, even even just anything like that. You begin to have a, a better 
bed, so to speak, in the multiverse. People have often asked, in some of the promos for this show, we talk about how, how do you create your own afterlife? I mean, it's, it's not like something you might get from some psychic or medium, but you really can make your own bed in the multiverse. And um, if you have a multiverse awareness as you go through your life, which means simply not trying to get it around your brain only, but experiencing it with your heart and, and with with your um, realization that we live in so many different worlds and, and times and places with so many and that we are so many other people. Uh, it, it's, it's something that really grows on you even through meditation and through simple experience. Your life gets bigger and you realize that bodily death is simply nothing. So we're, we're adding a lot of words to something that you probably already know from perhaps the listening and feeling. Uh, and so uh, just you know, stay in touch if, if you wish, Jack. We'd love to hear from you. And just say, you know, just don't worry about it. You know, just go with it. Um, realize that you, uh, you are bigger than you. You're, and as I was once told by a five-year-old child, my body's not me. Your body is not you. It, it, is, it is an important part of you that, must, that, that will remain with you um, in many different forms, many different worlds. So I, I would say um, uh, c- congratulations on your approaching translation. It is a chance to, to grow, to become more aware, to be more you than you are now. It is a chance to uh, cosmic journey. To discover more than you already have, and I think it's something that needs to be looked at positively. Uh, now, many of those who are religious will say, "Well, what about uh, uh, well, Jesus, and uh, don't you be with Jesus, etc.?" Or, or whoever you, you happen to be close to spiritually, or who was a, a guide and a, or a god for you, or goddess. Uh, these, these are again, this you make your own bed. These are terms. These are words. God is beyond words and beyond terms. God is everything uh, and, and and more, far more. Um, I, I just think that we it's some God is something, someone who must be experienced in silence, in meditation. Words cannot just do it uh, for us. So I would say, you will begin to learn more about God in the quietness of your heart that you really must develop before the translation occurs, and you probably already have. I've noticed that children who are terminally ill become very other-centered once you know they, they uh, see what's happening. And it's quite a difference from the little children you often see who seem very self-centered and uh, want to simply um, have, you know, me, 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 and they realize, well, it's not me. You know, it's, it's, and that's what all of us have to realize, and that's perhaps what Jesus meant, become like a little child. Unless you become like a little child, you will not enter the kingdom of heaven. That's what he said. So so you could translate it in modern terms or in Paul and Ben terms as, you know, un- unless you become simple and positive and other-centered, you will not have a decent translation into a better a better life. So uh, anyway, so there, there we are, I guess. <laughs> All right, we've got a couple of minutes before we begin. But yeah, Jack, stay in touch. We love to, to uh, uh, you know, talk with people who are experiencing the momentous and well, all of us really are but half the time we don't know it what do we got here Ben okay, we got a couple minutes. okay here's another question uh, and this is from Kelly Prince in Cornwall Ontario so we may not get to finish yeah we may not yeah, get we'll to finish start this but we'll, de- we'll definitely start it so hi Paul and Ben uh, your show uh, makes uh, makes my week I wish you were on every day uh, good lord the uh, work 
Oh, so, uh, you really show me what thinking outside the box can do. Uh, I'm enthralled whenever Paul talks about uh, the guy who was passing from one life to another in the stone church and how his memory memory changed as uh, you were talking. Uh, has that ever happened to you again? Uh, I'd love to hear the other examples. Oh, okay, yeah, well, I just mentioned that case, of course, too. It is sort of a landmark uh, in uh, my particular experience there. And what we're going to do is uh, I think we're going to get ready to take our break then, and then, then we'll answer this question. You are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, newskyradio.com. We'll be right back with our open line show, and you're welcome to call in tonight too, as well as you know, when I'm just answering these questions uh, that you have to email, you can also call in. We'll give you the number when we come back. And um, so stay with us. We'll be, we'll be right back with you. So what are you thankful for? The I'm Thankful Network explores the positive. Join host Sue Lundquist Tuesdays at noon Eastern Time, empowering women, empowering lives. The I'm Thankful Network on New Sky Radio. Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern, the Dr. Pat Show is alive with a distinctive blend of interviews with a mix of uplifting and intelligent news, educational and practical information. Get in the know. Following Dr. Pat, join host Laura Lee for Laura Lee's Spirit Salon. Contact your dearly departed spirit guides and angels to find answers, closure, guidance, insight, revelations, and prophecy regarding matters of the heart by contacting the other side through acclaimed medium Laura Lee. You are not alone. Batter up. Life's a game. Win. Call and get advice from today's top coaches that are here to help you win the game of life. The Coach Me Network is live starting at 5 p.m. Eastern Time. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons. No Boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
is cloudy There is still a light that shines on me Shine until tomorrow, let it be I wake up to the sound of music Mother man Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back. And we do remind you that you can call in tonight. Certainly we do take calls, uh, even though we're going through mostly emails here. Uh, 248-545-7685, 545-SOUL. Uh, sorry we don't have a toll-free number, but that, that's, it is what it is. So 248-545-7685 if you care to call in. And we're just answering a question here from Kelly in Cornwall, Ontario. And Kelly wants to know uh, if I've ever had another experience such as talking to that fellow uh, in, in uh, 19, good Lord, 1970. Six was it, and and I was in an attic in Yonkers, New York, and he was in. A, uh, apparently, said he was in a stone church in Virginia. He was afraid of me at first. He only saw me as a mist, and he apparently was translating from one life to another. And his memory changed as we spoke. And uh, that ever happened again. And by the time the end of the conversation, he was the pastor, I guess, of this church. And people were coming in the door. I could hear people coming in the door. It was quite an experience. No idea what I was experiencing at the time, but as multiverse ideas began to take root in my little noggin, uh, it began to become clear that this is apparently what happens when we, quote-unquote, die. We Consciousness just shifts to where we already are, somewhere or somewhere else. So, given that, uh, have I experienced this before? Well, let me tell you one thing, Kelly. To, to have stumbled upon this at just the right time, in just the right place, with the circumstances just right, so that I could communicate with this guy, I, they seem to be extremely rare. It was like the case in 1978 when I was uh, happened to uh, stumble on, uh, or actually someone happened to stumble on me and called me and said they'd had an experience that led to the realization that they were a student at the University of Connecticut while at the same time haunting a house in Maine. And they had happened to meet the people who lived in the house. There was a lot of fear there, and, 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 and everybody was confused. And, again, for that to happen at just the right time is probably extremely rare. And I will say that I, haven't, I, I believe I have encountered this on several other occasions. Many times, you must remember, they are not – well, they may be human beings I'm in touch with, but they don't speak – English. Now, 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 Ben is different. Uh, I can't speak for him, but for me, I actually hear the words of conversation going on. And, and sometimes uh, it's uh, when this does occur, this doesn't happen every day, but sometimes this will be when I'm on a case or uh, there will be a uh, uh, contact while, you know, during dreams or during meditation or when I'm in a certain place during waking life. All depends. I'm not some big psychic here. I don't even consider it in those terms, but it's just talking with your neighbors, pe- people or other creatures who are our neighbors in the multiverse. And sometimes, uh, again, the language, there's a language barrier. I have no idea what they're saying. Very often they're afraid. Uh, very often uh, the experience that I, w- w- will, will seem like someone is, a, is, is aware, or aware or that something strange has happened, but they're not quite aware that they have quote-unquote died. And I think this is the origin of the interpretation that many paranormal researchers have that people don't know they're dead. 
Well, they don't know they're dead because they're not dead. I mean, they're, they're still they still have a body. They're just in a, in a different circumstance. They're in a, they're in a neighborhood they don't recognize. They're in a place they don't recognize. Even a, even a world or a planet they don't recognize. And and they're they're afraid until their memory catches up, and, and they fully integrate their consciousness into this new life that they've been living anyway in this this other place. Um, so. Uh, let us say. Let me try and think of. of uh, there, there was an occasion where, and, and this was uh, much more recently. This was in the 1990s, as opposed to the 1970s. And I'd begun to realize that what kind of was going on in this multiverse idea, and that ghosts are not spirits of the dead, and all this stuff that we kind of light on because there's no other explanation. And if you don't think outside the box, as the cliche goes. And she was. This was in uh, in Rhode Island uh, here, where we live. And I was kind of checking out a case. Someone had said something funny was going on in their basement, and there seemed to be a very frightened uh, girl down there. I, I I really couldn't catch a lot of the words. They were in English, but she was very frightened of me, and she was very uh, concerned about uh, her her mother. Apparently, she took care of her mother. And uh, what did what was you know, who was going to feed her and who was going to do this that and the other thing and I I never found out uh, anyone in, in the area who had recently died in that situation or whatever it was but I really couldn't get very far with it but now that I look back it probably uh, might very well have been someone who was just making a transition because uh, I came back a few days later and their presence was still there but it seemed farther away it's hard to kind of describe that it seemed farther away and there seemed to be no. Uh, uh, fear as as much as there had been, and it just seemed to be someone who was there uh, sharing the space less and less and perhaps drifting away, but it did seem to be the same person. Uh, and on another occasion in uh, 1979 in Ottawa, Canada, uh, probably not too far from where uh, Kelly lives in Cornwall, and let me think, that's, that's probably about 60, 70 miles as I recall, there was a, a new housing subdivision there, and I had been... Um, uh, asked to visit a family uh, who were having some uh, really been frightened by uh, the the presence of some children in their basement who really were very odd. There was uh, the child himself had gone down the the, re- the child in the family had gone down to the basement one Saturday morning to get some stuff, helping his dad with some chores. And uh, he said he told his parents to come down the stairs, and sure enough, in in the the corner of the of the basement where they could clearly see. Uh, these two children dressed in these funny black and white clothes, and the children were were terrified. They they were shouting, but they could not hear them. And the the parents um, were were frightened. They all ran up. They they knew something was where there's no way anybody could have gotten to that basement. And the children faded away right before their eyes. So, uh, and then the children seemed frightened uh, of them at first, and then started to yell at them apparently for help. When I arrived, uh, this was through a, a friend of their family who knew me. Uh, I, I came down, and sure enough, there was a very strong presence of these children. And this is before they had told me there were children. I, I went down, and I, I just saw what I could see and felt what I could feel. Then later on, they told me about what had happened, and sure enough, it matched up with what, what I had experienced down there, too. These children, uh, the, the, the voices kind of faded in and out. They were in English, uh, but a very odd form of English. So, I mean, you're, you're dealing with, with all possibilities, many, many different worlds here, many, many different kinds of, of people, uh, and uh, 
some may be in transition, some may not. It's, it's a very, I think it's a very rare experience to nail somebody who really is. Uh, to be able to talk someone through these things is a good thing, but it's not not very very common. Ben, have you ever run into anything like that? Uh, actually, no. I've I've never run into anything like that. Not in you operate in different circles in the multiverse than yeah. I well, we we have different talents in different places. Yeah, yeah. It's, so yeah, it, it, but it balances out, which is good. Yeah, it, it does. It does. So I mean, I can see where why people would interpret the ghost thing as. Gee, they don't know they've died and they have to like cross over somewhere. But the well, you game... can you can interpret a lot of other things too. Mm. I oh mean, yeah, yeah, like a lot of a lot of different religions have diff- have different ideas. But if you really think about, it, they sound kind of similar. They do in a way. But if you get the whole picture, you begin to see what it, what it really appears to be. One of the things I always say, and I'll say it again, is that you should be very careful. A lot of these mediums and psychics, uh, you know, s- send the person to the light. You know, the light. Uh, they assume is uh, the heaven or crossing over fully or whatever you want to call it. But uh, we find in our work that the light is simply the boundary of another parallel world. And it could be a world that's hellish. So I I would never, you know, you send somebody to the the, the quote unquote light, you never hear from them again. Aha, they're with their loved ones, they're with God or whatever. Well, that, that may not be the case at all. Well, it's like the beginning of every one of your talks, you always say, well, assumptions, we make a yeah. lot of it. We make a lot of assumptions, and we it's make a lot well, of dangerous assumptions. Exactly. I mean, we don't really know, like, if that would, if that's what's really going on. I mean, people just make assumptions about everything, and that's why things are so messed up nowadays. Yeah. Well, I've actually had uh, entities uh, who are, well, I don't know, maybe human, maybe not human, because they're not dead at all. So, they, you know, if you just send them to the light, something I've never done, but I've been present when uh, people have sometimes done that. Uh, they they don't know what you're talking about half the time, and the light could be I don't know something maybe they're they're near a door in a house someplace and they go through and well so what you know, so I mean yeah you have to you have to get on the same wavelength and realize that you know these are actual beings they're, they're not spirits they're you know, they're people who are existing as neighbors of parallel worlds they they may be in a very confused state they may be in a terrible world they may be in a world where they're completely alone especially if they're suicides, and uh, it's just it's it's quite a, quite a terrible situation for them and you know, sending the light you might make things worse if there is a light uh, i remember the case very clearly in uh, oh was it oh six or oh seven i went down to tampa to speak at that uh, uh, i think it was oh six yeah ghost hunters convention against my better judgment and the last people i would tell about this experience are the people who were there so they didn't they didn't even know what was happening but they put me in a room at this very old hotel which uh had and there was someone someone else in there and this was a man. I, I don't know where or when he was quite from. I, I it might be the, what we would refer to as the past, but he was contemplating suicide. He was he'd come to the hotel to see if if he uh, you know think things through. Apparently, his well, his wife was cheating on him. His kids hated him, or I don't know. It was a terrible situation, and he'd gone to the hotel to try and decide whether to commit suicide. And I happened to come in there and pick up on this, and, and I made contact with him. He was, as very often happened, but when I was afraid at first, you know, just didn't know who I was or what I was. And he said his presence was very clearly up by the ceiling somewhere. So he might have been in a version of the hotel, alternate version, that where the, where the floors were lower or the ceilings were lower or something. But in any case, over several days that I was at this convention, uh, we talked and uh, I believe that I talked him out of committing suicide. And uh, he he didn't I, I, he didn't quite understand what I was. He probably thought I was some kind of spirit or 
guardian or something. I don't know. He was kind of confused. But I think uh, we, we, we clearly communicated uh, in English uh, as this was going on. And I, and, uh, I used meditation. I, just, I talked to him just in, in waking life, and there we, there we, uh, there we had it. So um, it just you never know quite what you're going to run into with these things. But communication is something that I never initiate. Because it can be dangerous. You don't know what you're talking to initially, and you certainly don't know uh, if it's what it says it is. It's like your parents always taught you, don't talk to strangers. Absolutely. Very well put, Ben. You, you put things in five words when I use a hundred. So Everything I know I learned in kindergarten. That's right. So yeah, you have to be extremely careful. I, I, I'm always in a sort of a meditative state. If contact occurs, it's usually from the other party, and uh, you haven't broken down any walls or destroyed any kind of... Uh, you know, and done anything dangerous to break through walls in the multiverse, which you don't know what's going to come through. Okay, so we are uh, coming up to our next break. You are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. We'll be right back. Stay with us. Take CBS Radio The Sky with you wherever you go. Be sure to download the Radio.com app today from your mobile marketplace. And when you really want to know more, 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 be sure to visit NewSkyRadio.com. Get in deep with exclusive articles and Sky News. Get your weekly horoscope and the inside scoop on host events. Radio.com and NewSkyRadio.com. Stay connected.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back. And we have an open line show tonight. We're pretty much going through emails, but let me give you our... Phone number again, uh, as the uh, fellow just did, 545. The fellow sounds suspiciously like Nick Pope. 248-545-7685-545-SOUL. Uh, and you're welcome to call in. In the meantime, here's one from Mark in Philly. must be Philadelphia. So. Okay, so Mark writes to us. Hi, Paul and Ben. I listen to your show whenever I can, and I always like to know uh, what you think about dreams. Ben, uh, with your experience, maybe you can answer this. Oh, so me. I have a lot of really vivid dreams. Uh, sometimes I wake up and I'm still in the dream. I know I'm awake because I'm laying in bed, but I'm still in the dream at the same time. Does this happen to you, and what does it mean? And actually, yes, this has happened to me a few times. But the thing is, the thing I I actually had a conversation about this with a few of my friends once, It dreams are real places that you are in. Just like you're here, you're also somewhere else in the multiverse. Dream The places you are in dreams are real places. I mean, there are a few places I usually end up in my dreams, and then I realize that they're dreams, sort of, that they're sort of dreams, and then I end up taking over and going to Russia and things like that. Anyway, so this stuff happens, and because you're still in the dream and laying in bed, you're probably in that one state between sleep and awake where you're more in tune with everything around you. So you still sense that you're in the dream because you're already there. Okay, this sounds like a confusing riddle. But basically, in short, you're there and you're also here, but you're also aware that you're still there, if that makes any sense whatsoever. Makes sense to me. It's happened to me too. Yeah, see, so that's... that. So my dad can also answer answer this. But yes, that does happen to me every so often, but not as much as you'd think. I wish it did, because then that would make my dreams much more eventful. Well, see, you you are uh, really good at meditation. I meditate too. But when when you meditate, you supposedly have more lucid dreams. I don't, I don't think it's supposedly, because it does. But I'm to the point where every single dream I can remember is a lucid dream. I can essentially, I can pretty much control to a certain point every single dream that I can remember having, and when, when as far as, as waking up and ha- still being in the dream, I will never forget this because it was so so simple but so vivid. That does happen, maybe not as much as to you, but I was uh, in the dream. I was coming up to a stone wall between. It was nighttime, and there was a garden behind this wall, and the door would not open. So I said, "Well, I'll just." fly over the wall. So up I went. And uh, flying dreams, too. You have more of those when you meditate. Yeah. And I find very relaxing. And uh, as I was in the air over the wall and over this garden, the wind began to blow very strongly, and a lot of the, there were a lot of maple trees, and some of the leaves blew off the trees, and I grabbed one with my hand. I could feel that leaf uh, absolutely vividly. I, I woke up. I could still feel that leaf in my hand. I could feel the veins... I could feel the, um, uh, the, the the shape of it, all the points of, of, of the, the leaves, and I was perfectly prepared to lift my finger above that cover and see that leaf in my hand. And, of course, it wasn't, but uh, it was uh, uh, just extremely vivid. 
perhaps an example of what uh, what we're talking about here. So, yeah, anyway. but this this stuff happens, and you mm-hmm. accept it for what it is, which is yeah. You don't worry about it. You think know, don't think about it. You know exactly. Don't put your brain on the shelf, but you don't need to think about it. just just let it let just accept it. You know, I mean, there are things that. You get to a certain point now. Now, Ben, of course, is a lot younger, and I've spent you know over forty years at this, and I'm you know thinking about and trying to reason through it, and the scholarly approach and theology and all this. You know, and there comes a point where it just you just have to accept it, as long as you're sure that it's good and and, and not, not false or from some parasites or, or whatever these negative things, uh, whatever you want to call them. So uh, that that's just it. So you just just go with it. You know, I mean, life is experiential. Indeed, it is. So, all right. Uh, here's one. Oh yes, this this is from uh, a very faithful listener of ours, Caleb Tavar in Monterey, Mexico, who was in contact very frequently. Uh, very always, always happy to hear from him. All right. Uh, so Caleb writes to us. Hello, my dear Enos. Uh, just <laughs> want to comment uh, on something quickly. I just heard uh, the 2012 uh, Dear Lon slash Keating show. That was last week on this uh, this station. Yes. And it was interesting. Uh, it was interesting, by the way. But still, I find something uh, that uh, I, that I uh, re- he's, uh, he wanted to comment on something that he read about the subject. Uh, still, many people are expecting that the end of the world as we know it is going to be a physical event instead of something more social, social or and or spiritual. In in fact, I think uh, twenty twelve already uh, began a few years ago. Uh, mankind is changing. Our daily life event, events, along with our universe, are developing in a into a very uh, or developing in a very unexpected way. All societies are going into uh, going in directions we never imagined due to political, financial, cultural, and religious systems falling apart. Uh, and we are on on the uh, deep and need to recreate a new mankind. A New, united, practical, healthy, and caring society, and that's me. And it's a very, and it's very 2012. Well, again, I, I always, uh, I'm always uh, impressed by uh, Caleb's English. He's, he's, uh, we, apparently, we have a lot of listeners in Mexico, I, I guess. And uh, Caleb certainly being one of the most faithful, he's kind of communicated on many occasions about many interesting subjects. So, what do you think of that, Ben? Think of what? Well, he's comment that me. Well, remember, at the end of the debate last week between Dr. Keating and Dierlon. Well, uh, I I don't know if I just mentioned to you privately or if I mentioned on the air that uh, I'd like to have them back again and, to, and discuss the possibility that this is just as Caleb suggests, not a physical event or series of events, but a social or spiritual kind of yeah. upheaval or or in a good sense or in a bad sense. And um, no, well, it, I mean, it makes sense. I mean, I remember I don't I don't remember the the politics in America being so cutthroat mm. like everybody just if you get into a political debate with somebody it gets heated to the point where f- people might start throwing fists and i've n- i do not remember that years ago i mean even no. i i it's like everybody's gotten crazier because i remember as a kid nothing like that would have ever happened i mean people would just be like oh well i have my opinions you have yours but now it's like it's it's just crazy and it's just ridiculous and things keep getting like crazier and crazier every day well even with our canadian context i mean and and i when i was living in canada i remember uh, canadians were, uh, were were 
you know, sweetest people in the world, and they were not very political critters, so to speak. Mm. But now there are a lot of people, at least whom I know, and uh, people who are related to us there, uh, will will be are very upset about certain social trends or political trends in the country. And uh, there's a lot of division uh, politically where you never used to quite see so much. So I don't think it's just the United States. Yeah, it's everywhere. That's Th- the there thing. are competing visions. Um, I think that we may be witnessing, and then this isn't very paranormal, although we, who knows, because uh, we wonder about what, so what weird it might the, be. the parasites. Yeah. If they can influence people and families and tribes and communities, why can't they influence countries? So, so they, they can generate more negative energy on which to feed. Uh, we may be witnessing the end of the nation state as we know it. There, there, are, there are not only competing visions, but rival visions. Like within the United States, if, if this liberal conservative thing were regional, we'd be looking at another civil war. But it seems to be relatively evenly, now, not, not evenly spread, but the, it's spread enough so that uh, it's not really regional. The two coasts seem to be on one end of the spectrum and in the center of the country. But that's changed. That that's in flux as well. It's uh, rather than red and blue, as they say. That really, that mo- many states are really purple, so to speak. If you blend the color, but anyway, that's uh, a concern. I think if um, uh, it's producing negative energy. So uh, I don't know what, what to really say here. Uh, Caleb's vision uh, here is probably. Uh, Kind of, kind of on the money. I think that, that many of these changes, and things always change. Things are not static. The climate is never static. The political scene is never static. Uh, people are never static. So we might very well be looking at something that has, I don't know if there's anything whatsoever to do with what the Mayans were talking about, if they were talking about anything like this, uh, the end of the long calendar. I don't know. Uh, all I know is that um, we're, we're you know, hang around and see if anything's going to happen at the end of 2012. Nothing probably will. But as Caleb suggests, it's a long process that hopefully will take us to something better. Uh, what that, how you would define that, I don't know, because there are practicalities involved that a lot of people don't consider. So we'll, we'll see what happens. But Caleb, thank you for your message. Uh, how are we doing here on time? We have two minutes. Okay, we're good. So, um, so I don't know. Do you have any insights on that, Ben? I mean, what else do you? What do your friends think? People, young people, your age. Well, I know. Um... One of most of my friends don't care. They're mostly concerned in trying to find jobs and stuff. Yeah. And but one of my friends actually picked up uh, Turning Home and he was reading it and he was like asking me all these questions like, "Oh, what does your dad think about this? What does your dad think about this?" And that's my last book. Yeah. Twenty oh six. So, and and a few of my other friends are just like, "Oh well, what do you th- what do you think is going to happen?" And then there's just some other people that are like, "No, it's just it's all." bovine fecal matter so to speak yeah it's it's just it's really polarized to the point where it's like if like i said every argument gets almost like violent between people if you have a differing point of view which is why i think everybody's going crazy politics yeah yeah well everything so to speak well there are other factors too i'm going to come up on a break here but the the whole what's being called by the media the zombie phenomenon what do you mean people just being Utterly crazy that this this horrible case with with, with the, the the face mutilation in Florida that's been in the news lately. Oh yeah, and there are others, uh, people killing their own children. I mean, there is. I, I don't think I've ever seen heard of such evil. All through history, things like this have happened, 
But uh, there seems to be. Uh, but the thing is, it wasn't so widely reported. By the way, we it wasn't so widely reported. You know, we know everything, and it is time for a break. You're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio, NewSkyRadio.com. Be right back. Thursday is a power-packed day here on the Sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Baron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Baron-Reed Show. The Colette Baron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Baron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. And welcome back. It looks like we pretty well burned up our show for the day here. So uh, we're going to go over to some paranormal news, something we don't have a chance to do very often. And this uh, comes from our good friend Lon Strickler of phantomsandmonsters.com, a, a tremendous uh, collector of uh, very, very interesting news uh, from the paranormal uh, multiverse here. And this apparently occurred in Kansas quite recently and has to do with, with the phenomenon of the black-eyed children we've been hearing about. I don't know if you have, but we have, or I have. Uh, this is from a particular person who worked in a in Kansas in a store, and the security alarm had gone off, and they accompanied a police officer into the store, and they heard babies crying, uh, of all things. And it says there were two babies lying on a twin-sized bed display, furniture store, this was. Uh, the officer told us to stay there while he checked the rest of the store. He also waited for another police officer to come to the location. I looked down at the babies, who were both tightly wrapped in dark green cloth. Both babies were quiet, very still, and looking at me and my coworker. I was taken aback by their odd eyes. Both babies had large pupils that were black. There were no irises, and neither of the babies blinked. The police officer was soon back with us. He commented on the baby's eyes as well. In fact, he was totally freaked out, so much so that he looked scared. The store manager soon arrived, as well as a senior police officer. We all stood around the bed looking at these strange babies who laid there quietly watching us. The store manager pulled my coworker and I to the side and told us to go ahead and leave. He was not opening the store until he found out what was going on. We quickly headed toward the back door and left. Uh, it says, um, I got, to, I guess it wasn't scheduled work for a few days, but uh, they had been receiving weird telephone calls at the store, and the security system alarm would trip on, trip on several times during the day. I got to work a little early for my next scheduled shift. When I arrived, the store manager was sitting in the office, so I asked him what had happened after we left that day. He said the two young women, who said they were from the municipal court, eventually showed up and took the babies. The senior police officer told him that he had no idea who the women were, but that he was told by his superior not to impede. He thought they were probably from McConnell Air Force Base in Wichita, Kansas. He also said his babies were very quiet and seemed relaxed the entire period that they were there. So that would that would send up uh, red flags in, in in my experience. What people two, two women showing up and you know without ID presumably and saying they were from uh, like family services. See and, that, and just... that that's just why why don't people ask for that kind of stuff? Well, the the, the, the superior police authorities asked the officer not to uh, impede impede or get in the way of what the women were doing. So, uh, I don't know. So, I stopped working there at this store apparently not long after. Things were just never the same, and it got tougher each day, especially when odd-looking people would come into the store and just walk around. I didn't feel comfortable being there. I read an article a lot long ago about black-eyed kids and the theories of their existence. Have you heard of similar incidents? Uh, I'd appreciate your feedback. Uh, and and uh, I guess Ron, or Lon, a strictly wrote back there, these black-eyed kid reports are not common. I have posted a few links below to reliable uh, reference by those who understand the phenomenon better than me. And he refers to a couple of books here, actually, uh, that I have heard of but not read myself. And I, let's see. It's really creepy. Yeah, it is. Oh, here it is. Uh, This is uh, Nick Redfern, who has been a guest on the show. Ah, yes. Uh, Very, very uh, sort of a renaissance man of the paranormal. 
has interviewed, uh, had an interesting review of Dave Weatherly's book, The Black-Eyed Children, by, this, by Dave Weatherly, uh, at Mysterious Universe, The Black-Eyed Children Reviewed. Uh, Dave Weatherly has a blog, uh, Black-Eyed Omen and Black-Eyed Kid in Florida. So I guess just do a search on David Weatherly, W-E-A-T-H-E-R-L-Y, on the Internet. Maybe you can come up with some of this. Uh, there is um, Rob Morphy's article, uh, Black-Eyed Kids, Insidious Threat or Myth in the Making. And, you know, you wonder about some of these, these because people think, supposedly saw it for himself, but you wonder about all these, these uh, urban myths that, that, that tend to get spread in, in the human psyche. Yeah. That's how folklore somehow uh, so I'm not saying this isn't true probably is but in the, the myth cycle of the urban legends and things you have stuff like the uh, the, the the wombat or, or, or some kind of Mexican rat that, that somebody thinks is a dog and takes it home and you hear about that and you hear about different you know the the, uh, the ghost that gets into the car and the, the disappears as you're driving along I mean these things are quite common. So I don't know. We'll, we'll uh, look into this and see if we can't find uh, if there is an expert. Maybe Dave Weatherly. See if we can't get him on talk about some of these things. Why not? Let's see where uh, where where it can go. All right. So a few announcements. Uh, my dad and I will be speaking in Torrington, Connecticut, on July nineteenth, and Suffolk, England, on September twenty second. So watch for more info on those events at www.behindtheparanormal.com. And uh, the same fellow who's organizing our. A talk in England is uh, also organizing the Rendlesham 2012 conference. That's our good friend Gordy Goodger uh, from Suffolk, and that's going to be taking place. That's the 2012 conference, the Rendlesham 2012, on July. I should say June 17th in the village of Woodbridge. Get your tickets at www.rendleshamufo.com. And uh, make sure you support that. Uh, our particular event on September 22nd will be for children's charities in eastern England, and uh, we'll give you more information as that goes. Apparently, we're going to be uh, at the Grove House Hotel speaking. So we'll give you more on that later. Uh, check our books out, uh, Barnes & Noble Nook e-reader and Kindle e-reader, Kindle e-reader as well from Amazon.com. And uh, you, can call, you can find out about guests, future, past, and lots of lots of... Um, uh, podcast at BehindTheParanormal.com Alright, so many thanks to our producer Brandon Jackson, and we'll see you next week, June 10th, when my dad and I will discuss the very unusual case of Diane Zeman and her family, whose California property apparently shared space with one of the strangest multiversal creatures we've ever encountered. And in the meantime, tune into our Boston Providence Drive Time show on WOON 1240 AM and onworldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday. You can always get free podcasts of all our shows. We have almost 400 now, and uh, along with the show schedules and guest information at www.behindtheparanormal.com. We'll leave you with a thought from the great American poet Carl Sandburg. A baby is God's opinion that life should go on. And thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we will see you next time.